the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Don't forget you can dial in at any time to talk to our financial and retirement expert in studio, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good, I believe. Uh, Any day above ground is a good day. That's what I say. (laughs) Okay, there you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. You always like to start the first part of the show off each week with what's going on in the markets, the economy, and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, the markets pushed back up here towards the end of the week this past week, mainly due to the fact that the 10-year interest rate note pulled back a little bit, went down. See, when interest rates get too high, the stock market gets a little concerned that interest rates are too high, which could slow down the economy, which could then slow down corporate earnings, which could then slow down stock prices. Trickle down effect. Trickle down. There you go. But uh, I don't really see that happening here. I see for the first time, I was describing this the other day to a client of mine. You know, they were like, well, what, what, what caused the volatility and everything? And I basically looked at them and I said, <clears throat> we've been waiting for a piece of news since 2008 that we finally got. Now, remember, 2008 was the financial crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And And we're still coming out of that because part of the equation, one of the legs of the stool, if you would, would would be to get wages increased, to create growth from a wage standpoint. And we're finally getting that information right now. And that's pushing inflation into this or fears of inflation in the system, which is raising interest rates. That's all it is. Mm. It's still part of the bull cycle. It's still part of the economic expansion that we've been doing. Uh, and, and on top of that now, we're just getting the next leg of that thing sort of cemented underneath the seat, if you would, of the economy. So, so you know, these, this is a, a anticipated, it's a, a eagerly awaited change. And with that, we, we still have a very uh, strong, very growing economy. Uh, corporate earnings are still continuing to come in very strong, and estimates for next quarter are even stronger than this quarter. So, so things look pretty good with all of that. With the interest rates popping up a little bit, we're going to have a little bit of volatility from time to time on this until it all settles out and we get some clarity from the Fed. <clears throat> That's another big issue here, Chris, too, is what is the Federal Reserve going to do this year as far as raising interest rates go? You know, if if the 
uh, if the Fed raises three or four times, um, you know, the, the anticipated was somewhere around three to four times this year, they may back it off to two or three times. It just depends on how much inflation they actually see in the system and where the ultimate uh, uh, spectrum of, of uh, interest rates are or yields on, on the what they call the yield curve uh, because they don't want it to become too flat or anything. Anyway, bottom line is this, is, is it's being managed, it's being looked at, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, a little bit of volatility is really never a bad thing. Uh, especially when it's on top of an expanding economy and a growing economy. And then on top of that, you, you add the tax breaks to, to, to all of this, which are going to be a big impact for people uh, getting more money in their pockets this year and uh, corporations and stuff. Matter yeah, of fact, as soon as everybody understands it, it's still a little confusing to a lot of folks. It is. It, it, it definitely is, which you know sort of leads me into where I've been the last couple of days. I was down in Florida at a, believe it or not, a tax class, Chris. Oh. A tax class. So, how is watching paint dry? It was wonderful. I was looking at the, you know, the carpeting and the ceiling <laughs> tiles and everything like that. No, but there were, there were hundreds of financial advisors and CPAs all around the country, uh, just basically pouring through all the new tax changes and as it relates to retirement plans, IRAs, reti- uh, company retirement plans, insurance things, all types of stuff, and. What's amazing is 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 uh, the tax arbitrage that we can take advantage of right now for the next few years. We're going to talk a lot about that when it comes to to setting up a much more tax efficient retirement scenario. We're going to be talking a lot about that today. I've told people that hey, once we get all this stuff together and it's all ironed out, they still made a tax change the other day, by the way, to this thing. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. So late breaking news. One more. T- oh, we forgot to throw this one in. So here it comes. <laughs> Okay, so you know, as soon as it all gets ironed out, we we are very close to to uh, hitting the streets. Uh, and, Don't they call uh, those crazy Ivans? Remember the old submarine thing where they make it all? Oh, of a sudden, in Red October, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a good movie. By oh, the way, whip. going yeah. a different direction. Now we're adding some more into it. Hey, before we get off the stock market completely, I had a question for you. Whatever happened to that so-called correction that really wasn't a correction? Are we going to see one of those at some point? Well, we technically did, Chris, because a, a correction is when the market drops 10% from its high. And in January, the market shot up, and it came down 10% from its high. But it didn't okay. stay there, though. It didn't, it didn't stay there. No, a, a bear market is 20%, and a correction is 10 I see. And and so we technically had that. It was the first one in two years, okay? So it's been, you know, long awaited, and it's okay, you know? And you have to take a look at what causes it. And what causes it, you know, if, if, if a correction happens, and here's one of the keys, and, and people have a tough time understanding this, but let's see if we can sort of break this down pretty simple and dissect it a little bit. So <clears throat> So imagine everything's fine, you're looking out on the horizon, and you see... Everything looks good. The economy's growing. The markets are moving up. And then all of a sudden, we get some news. And the news creates havoc, worry, concern in the stock market, and the market pulls back to a correction, let's say 10% like it did. Okay, Chris? Mm-hmm. So so now, what are you looking at in the news? What is the piece of news that, that has, has been the triggering effect of that correction? And the piece of news that was the triggering effect of this correction is one more piece of the puzzle to verify that we're in a growing, robust economy. Oh, I see. Okay. And that's exactly what it was. But it wasn't a piece of news that said, uh-oh, hey, 
the economy's slowing down a little bit. No, it was the economy's picking up steam because wages are rising, and that was a very you know that that was a needed th- piece of data that we've been waiting for since 2008. I guess so, I'm just used to the chicken little effect where, you know, when it does make that correction, it's a panic and it stays there a lot longer than it did this last time. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't really yeah, – exactly. It didn't st- – well, we're not out of the woods yet. We'll still see some volatility. We'll st- we still have big swings coming on. I think that we're going to see more of a clarity of direction here after next month when the Fed does raise rates and in April and May when corporations report their first quarter earnings underneath the new tax umbrella uh, this year. So mm-hmm. okay, that's that's what I think. That's when I think it's going to smooth out a little bit. Uh, you know, as far as that goes forward. So, hey, let's open up the lines today. Give us a call if you have any questions at all on the markets, the economy, the new tax scenario, whatever it may be. Uh, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. Oh, by the way, I was I, I, I cut myself off, but I, what I was going to say, Chris, is we're almost ready to – I usually do that to, to you. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost ready to uh, uh, come on out and start teaching the seminars on all of this stuff. We're putting together a, a seminar on the, on the new tax scenario as well as how it's going to impact your retirement plans. We're going to be talking about trust work. Uh, There's some benefits in there. We're also going to be talking about uh, legacy planning, uh, moving from from tax infestation to tax-free for your heirs, all different types of things like that. So stay tuned. We'll be announcing this in the coming weeks when we're going to be putting this uh, together in, in, in seminar format. So we're going to be doing lots of educational seminars all around the area with all of this. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number for you, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Larry. Sure, let's welcome Stephanie on the line. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm well. How can I help you? I was, uh, we're thinking about selling some investment property. 
Series, um, and we are looking, I just want some information on kind of, uh, I guess, capital gains taxes and um, if there are any changes to, to the capital gains tax and um, any ways to avoid a big hit. So it's an investment property, correct? That's correct. So here's the rule on real estate. If, if it's been your primary residence two of the last five years and you file married jointly, then you can walk away with profits of up to $500,000 tax-free. But if it's an investment property, no, it's just capital, it's straight capital gains. So, Stephanie, what, what a lot of people have will do is they will sell their primary residence now. They'll move into their investment property if there's enough appreciation for two years and then sell that. Um, so, or you, can sell, or you can move out of your primary residence, rent it, move into your your um, rental property for two years, sell it, and then move back to the primary residence. So those are the ways okay. that, that, that people look at doing that, but there's really been no, no changes in any of that. But the good news here, Stephanie, is this, is if you bought an asset at some point in the past and you're selling it today and you've made money on it, that's a good thing. Uh, we just have to pay the taxes on it all. That's part of the deal. Um, just like on the other side, if you make the investment, you could have some write-offs along the way, too. Uh, so so the, the, the tax code's pretty fair when it comes to that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your information. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Patrice on the line from Bowie. Good morning, Patrice. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Well, you know, I, I heard that after the tax um, reform was passed in December, um, or President Trump is talking about doing like another set of tax cuts or tax reforms. I don't know if it's going to be on the individual side or the corporate side. So I was curious what you guys might think it could be or maybe what was missed in the last round of tax cuts and, and what you'd like to see. Well, that's a very wide open question. You know, you're giving me a, a, a free marker on a, on a chalkboard to tell Congress what I think, right? <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, let's just start off with the, with A, okay? Um, no, but uh, there were there were some things that I'm actually going to talk about here today, um, uh, which is sort of what we call the Rothification of retirement plans. That okay. was put into the debate, but it was not actually. Um, uh, passed and basically, if you take a look here at well, well, to answer your question first, you know we we've heard of a possible internet tax coming to pay for infrastructure. We don't know what's going to happen, okay? But but we do have a you know a desire to do infrastru infrastructure spending, and and quite frankly, it's well needed across the nation. Bridges, roads, you know, different things of that nature. I think we can all agree on that, right? <clears throat> the problem is that's just pure deficit spending. How do we pay for it? Do we put tolls all over the place? Do we create a new type of tax? What do, what do we do for it? Or do we just go in more debt on it all? So so that that is still forthcoming. I don't know how they're going to end up solving that, okay? Uh, but secondly, when you take a look at, at some of the tax stuff that, that just went through, a lot of it did anyway, and, and we, we take a look at a recent proposal in the 2017 debate um, about reducing the maximum amount of money that you can put into a 401k plan or or, or, or mm -hmm. company retirement plan. Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold here, Patrice. Um, when okay. when when if Congress takes the maximum 
that you can contribute into a retirement plan, and they lower it. Let's suppose they, they lower it down uh, to, to uh, let's say, $10,000, just as an example. Then that's less money. If you're putting in 18000 then that's less money that you can actually write off. That generates mm-hmm. more money today to Congress or, or to, to, uh, to the Treasury Department. So Congress looking to lower the amount of money you can put into your retirement plans and write off on a pre-tax basis is a revenue today generating scenario, which then will push people more towards Roth retirement, sort of the Rothification, if you will, of, uh, re- of, of retirement planning. You know, the, the, the Roth IRA, that's one of the things I'm going to talk a lot about today because we spent a lot of time on investment planning, financial planning, using the, the, the Roth IRA scenario in, in your retirement plans as well as individually and, and talking about converting them too. So those are a couple of the things that, that I really came away from in, 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 the, uh, in, in the class. Now, let me tell you this. Congress is more interested – in today's revenue versus down the road revenue, right? So, so it, by it makes perfect sense by by looking to lower the amount of money that can go into retirement plans. That's not on that 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 was brought up, and that's all I can say to it. You know, I don't want to start any rumors or anything here okay. on on the radio, but that <laughs> that was just brought up in in the class, and it's in print, and it was part of the debate. It did not go through though. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen down the road. We do know this, and here's a very interesting point, okay? And and the tax arbitrage that we have in front of us today, Patrice, is absolutely amazing. In other words, just last year, somebody could have been putting money into their 401K plan or their government TSP or whatever retirement plan you're offered to, say in a 28% tax bracket. And taking that deduction, and today, this year, you can convert that to a Roth inside your plan, if the plan provision allows it, at a 22% rate. And wow, then have it growing great. tax-free for yourself down the road. So so yeah. think about the power of this tax break gives everybody down the road. Then then part B of this, Patrice, you take another look at, <clears throat> at what the uh, – and I'm sorry I'm going on and on to your question here, but, but this is some of the stuff we wanted to talk about it's today. Tough. Uh, but but now you take a look at the uh, that where we are historically in tax brackets. Are we in uh, low tax brackets? Are we in medium average tax brackets or high tax brackets? We are historically in all time low tax brackets right now. So so people have to start wow. taking a look and going. Okay, let's suppose you're 45 years old, and, you know, and you're going to live another 40 years, 45 years. What do you think taxes are going to do between now and then, right? Are, are they going to go up? Are they going to go lower? Are they going to stay the same? Well, we don't really know what they would do, but Congress has some very interesting scenarios to look at here in the Roth program. If if Congress goes back on the Roth rules and says, hey, you know what, we're now going to change them to taxable, you know, wow. You talk about egg on your face. Congress are nigging on a promise of, of tax-free retirement savings. But you have to look at the origin, if you will, of Roth IRAs. Why were Roth IRAs created to begin with? Okay, They were created back in 98 as part of a tax increase revenue program to offset the cuts in capital gains. In other words, when, when, when you have money, let's suppose you have $200,000 in your traditional IRA and you want to convert that to a Roth IRA, you have to pay the tax now. 
Congress says, oh, okay. well, if we can get so many people to pay the tax on it now, hey, that's more revenue for us today. That's a better thing. So the Roth is probably here to stay, and we have to really understand the merits of it and how, how it can be used and the rules around it. Very few people really know. Matter of fact, less than 1% of, of all IRA money is in Roth, Roth money today, and it's going to be a growing, growing thing down the road. I think we may see more incentives. We've had two incentives, uh, <clears throat> Patrice, over the time since 98 to convert. In, in 98, when the money, when, when it first came out, you had four years to pay the tax. And then in 2010, they offered another conversion, another special conversion, where if you converted that year, you had two years to pay the tax. So we, we may see them using it as a tool to generate current revenue uh, for, for the government by offering special incentives to convert. So, um, yeah, there will be more changes as time goes on. That's one thing for sure. Congress will always change. And, and we as financial advisors, wealth managers, estate planners, we all need to understand what those changes are and then help clients navigate the waters there. Because at the end of the day, here's the bottom line, Patrice, the money that you, you get in your pocket after tax, after inflation, after fees, that's the money you can live off of. And that's the net planning dollar that we have to look at. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you so much. That was great. You're welcome. If you'd like any more information on it, I'll be happy to put you on hold, and we'll send you out some some info there. Bob will get your contact information, okay? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Sounds great. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Earl on the line from Clifton. Good morning, Earl. How are you? Good morning, Larry. I have one question, and that has to do with... Uh, Tax deductibility of advisory, financial advisory fees, both now and next year. They are deductible. They are, they are deductible now, for, as long as they're in a, a uh, non-qualified type of an account. Now, some some CPAs will deduct them in an IRA account, and others won't. Um, the next year, that is taken away. CPA fees and financial advisor fees uh, are no longer deductible in the tax reporting year of 2018 going forward. That'll change back in 2025 when this when this thing changes. Um, so that's something that'll be worked on uh, in the coming year with people. Okay, so let's clarify. You said they are deductible now under what conditions? So some advisors, um, I'm sorry, some CPAs will deduct them whether they're in IRAs or not. I've been told, because I don't do taxes, but I've been told that they're deductible when they're in non-IRA accounts. Okay. And okay. In the future, and in the future, that's changing. Yes, in the future, for for that's 2017, and then in 2018. There are no longer deductions for advisor fees or CPA fees, but there are for attorney fees. I wonder how that came about. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll just be uh, waiting to hear when you finally get the uh, have digested the tax changes, so we can come out and listen to the uh, full presentation. Sure, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. All right, thanks. Good luck. Have a great day. Listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Sean on the line from Bethesda. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Hi, Larry. I have a question about 
taking advantage of the 529 plan and private school education. I have sure. kids in lower elementary school. What are your thoughts, or is there ways I could contribute to the 529 and um, take money out immediately, a portion of it, for private elementary school? Yeah, so, Sean, yes, you can. The 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 value of 529 plans, in my opinion, is time, really. Um, to put money in today to just turn around and pull it out for next semester or whatever, you could have market risk in there um, versus yeah. keeping the money in your bank where there is no market risk. The little bit of interest that you're earning on the bank today versus the earnings that you could make in a 529 plan, the risk if the market pulls back versus the tax-free distribution in, in several months might not be worth it because you don't want to lose the tuition money that you've already saved up. So in that short term of a period of time, I would caution to, to look to do that, really. Okay. All okay? Right. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's shoot on over to the district and welcome Greer on the line. Good morning, Greer. How are you? Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Larry, um, I was just discussing with my cousin this past week about how her 401ks were so hit uh, a few years back, and she was never able to recoup that money. And I was just wondering what advice you would have for her. She lives in Virginia uh, near the North Carolina line, and I was wondering what kind of help or advice she could get. Well, it sounds like to me that in, if you're talking about her 401k plan was hit hard in the financial crisis in 2008, if she pulled the yeah. money out and sat on the sideline and waited, then then it's going to be tough to recoup those. She she won't. But no, if, she didn't pull it out. Then it should have grown back. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So so now it really goes to see if she move the money within the plan. That's what I meant by pull it out. If she moved the money in oh, the plan okay. to maybe a safer type of an investment and had it sitting there and missed the market swing back, that could be the case too. <clears throat> I would really have to take a look at the investments inside the plan to really <clears throat> excuse me, to really answer that question, okay? Um so uh the, that that's that's the the detail right there is to really take a look at where the money was in the financial crisis time, 2008, versus where it is today. But it should have come back had she kept it in the same positions. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Is it anything that I could be um, sent so I could forward to her? Um, sure, or... if you want. I can put you on hold. And basically what we would need is to take a look at the her statements to see, and then mm -hmm. we could sort of give you some, some uh, ideas there. Okay. Well, okay. I will certainly let her know about you, and um, maybe you can do some long do you do long distance uh, correspondence, more or less. Yes, we do. We have clients all over the country. Okay. Okay. Well, well let me I'll put you on hold, and we'll we'll get some information from you, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh -huh. that. Appreciate the phone call. Yep. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. <laughs> 
You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Now, here's Larry Rosenthal. If you'd like to dial in, here's our telephone number, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123, and here's Larry. Sure, Chris. So we're talking about, um, you know, taxes today, obviously, and uh, we're talking about Roth conversions. We haven't even really got into it yet. Uh, we, you know, we've got lots of calls on this big, big subject. In the coming weeks here, we'll be announcing when we're going to be putting these out in, in seminars. We're going to be, uh, you know, cruising all around the D.C. area doing doing educational seminars on the changes as well as um, – uh, you know, how to tie into some estate planning and some of the benefits that we've seen. A lot of this stuff is, is circling around some tax arbitrage capabilities of making some conversions. You know, stop and think about this for a second. If you have money in a, in a, in a traditional IRA, let's suppose you've got $500,000 in a traditional IRA and maybe you're 62 years old, um, and you convert $10,000 of that a year. Well, you know, at the end of when you're 72, now you can start enjoying some tax-free income for yourself uh, in your 70s. In addition to that, one of the benefits is that a Roth IRA does not require to re- does not force a required minimum distribution. Okay, so when you're 70 and a half or older, and you have to start pulling money out of your traditional IRA accounts. One of the biggest complaints that I that I see people say is, hey, I don't want to pull this money out. What can I do with it? Okay? What can I do with it, right? Um, and, and, you know, you got to pull it out, pay the tax, and then, and then look to reinvest it. You can't roll that into a Roth. You can't do anything like that. The only thing you can do is start converting down the road. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in, in, in just a moment. Let me just go ahead and welcome Rachel on the line. Good morning, Rachel. How are you today? I'm fine. Yes, um, I need the um, the financial solution kit. I, I want you to send it to me. Okay, we'll be happy to, to, to go ahead and do that. Let me put you on hold. Bob will get your information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate the phone call. 
Um, so getting getting back to to the uh, Chris, my uh, I need yeah, to put I got it on hold worry. here. Yep. So so getting back to to some strategies here. Stop and think about this for a second here. Let me just sort of slow it down a little bit. And and first of all, if you if one of the changes that was in the new tax uh, bill that was signed was the inability to do recharacterizations. What that means is this, is that if you convert money to a Roth IRA from a traditional IRA, you could you could <clears throat> sit there and wait for that wait. And, and so, so here you go. Let's suppose November of 2017, you make a conversion of $100,000, let's say. So now you owe taxes on that $100,000. Well, it used to be that you could file an extension in, in April of 2018, so your, your, your final tax return isn't due until October 15th. And suppose July 5th you said, hey, you know what, this conversion, I don't like it, I don't have the taxes, I, you know, the money, I'm going to recharacterize it back and make it go away. They took that out of the rule, okay? And they also took it out of the rule for conversions that happened in 2017, but just recently, a couple of weeks ago, they said, oops, we kind of made a mistake, and they added it back in. So here's the deal. If you converted money to a Roth IRA in 2017, then in 2018, you still have the ability to recharacterize part or all of that back and make it go away like it never took place before. But going forward, if you convert money from a traditional IRA in 2018, the, the recharacterization option is now off the table. You cannot do that. So that was a clarification that they just came out with recently after the thing was signed, okay? So, so <laughs> which, you know, going back to one of our callers earlier, Chris, you know, do you think they're going to change anything down the road? Sure, they always will, <laughs> right? So, so um, that, that's a piece of, of big information because – you know, think about it. everybody who was planning, who did Roth conversions last year, and and they they plan to. Hey, you know what? I still have my mulligan, my do over, my my recharacterization capability. Now that now it's back in play again. So that's really the the uh, uh, the big scenario right there. So so let's just sort of lay this out a little bit here, and talk about traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs over seventy and a half. Let's suppose you have money in a traditional IRA and you're over 70 and a half. You're forced to take a required minimum distribution, right? Okay. You, you are. So, so if the money was in a Roth IRA, you don't have to take a, a distribution at all. So there was kind of a buzz thing going around in this, in this tax class because the, the tax class was, was about some of the tax changes and how to put it into financial planning. But if you think about this, if you have money in IRAs, traditional IRAs, traditional side of the 401k plans, then then you know you're forever taxed with that money. Every time you pull it out, you're forever taxed with that money. On the other hand, if the money's in the Roth side, you're forever not taxed with that money. Think about the power of that. But yet, at the same time, for years and years and years, we've sort of been programmed to put the money in pre-tax into our retirement plan. So let's just set the stage here, okay? If I walked 100 financial advisors into the studio this morning from around the country, the first third are still going to tell you, put all your money pre-tax because you get your tax deduction today. They can never take it away from you. The next third are going to tell you, no, 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 they're wrong. 
put it all post-tax on the Roth side because taxes will be higher. Well, there's no guarantee that taxes will be higher, and you might need a tax deduction today. And the next third are going to tell you, do a combination of both. And that's the camp that I'm in. I think that we still need a tax deduction today, but we also need some tax-free money down the roads, down the road in, in retirement years. Plus, there's huge estate advantages, estate planning advantages to money in a Roth IRA. Chris, just a quick question. Would you rather inherit taxable money or tax-free money? Oh, no tax for me, please. That's correct. So some, some people are saying, well, wait a minute, Larry. If, if, if I'm 65, 70 years old and, and I don't need the money, why would I convert a little bit of it each year to pay the tax just so my heirs can have tax-free dollars? Well, think about it for a second. Because you like your heirs. That's exactly right, okay? You're giving them a gift. You're giving them a gift of 20-some cents on the dollar versus 100 pennies on the dollar. Think about this, Chris. If you convert $10,000 when you're, say, 71 or 75 or, or 65 or whatever, and you pay the tax, and let's suppose that tax is 22%, or $2,200, okay, it costs you that than to give the kids the $10,000 tax-free. So so, so there's the, you really need to boil this down and take a good look at, at who should do these conversions and who shouldn't. I've got a whole list of, 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 of pros and cons here in front of me in the studio this morning on – on why you should do these conversions and, and who should and who shouldn't do the conversions. So okay? just a quick question for with regard to the legacy of that. So if you've gotten, if you've converted it, you've got this this Roth now that's available to your heirs, do the heirs are going to pick up that entire Roth? They can be in a trust or however, and they're not going to be taxed on it. Is that? That's correct. It's all tax-free. And that's you just exactly send it their way. There's no inheritance tax. There's nothing, right? They just They just get that. Well, an inheritance tax, you mean estate taxes? Yeah, things that. So if, if the parents, if the prior generation's estate is over $22 million, then that money will be subject to the estate tax, but the heirs aren't going to pay it. I would say there's a, you know, there's not that many that have that $22 million estate going across, but there are a few, I guess. But yeah. Uh, could, could be. And, you know, you, and, anyway, my, my point is this is here's the bottom line for this with, with, with the Roth conversion capability. With the tax brackets dropping today, here's the rule, the first rule. Everybody who has traditional IRAs needs to sit down and take a look at whether or not you should or should not convert a portion or all of your money to Roth. That's it. That's the, the number one rule. And then you sort of go through the flow charts of, okay, in my family situation, this is what our goal is. This is what our objective is. You know, and, 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 and move it forward like that. You know, another thing, too, here is that one of the most overlooked deductions that, that, people, that, 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 that people skip each year are, are uh, uh, QDCs, Qualified Charitable Deductions, okay? And, and when you take a look at this, you can put in up to $100,000 on this. So let's suppose that you're, let's suppose you're 75 years old. And you're having to take money out of your traditional IRA each year because of your required minimum distributions, right? So when you're over 70 and a half, you got to take the money out for, for required minimum distributions. So instead of taking the money out, 
and then putting the money in your checking account, paying the tax on it, and then donating it to the charity? If you simply just donate it to the charity right out of the IRA, it satisfies your RMD requirement, your required minimum distribution requirement. The charity gets all the tax-infested money, and they get to cash it out tax-free because they're they're nonprofit, right? So think about the ability to give additional, you know, the these types of, of donations to your church, to missions, to whatever the case may be, um, providing they're filed correctly, five hundred one three Cs, you know, nonprofit, right? So so think about that capability. Now, what's really interesting about that, Chris, is that it lowers your ultimate tax for the year. By doing it that way versus doing it the other way, people don't realize that the way the way the money comes off of the AGI and then the modified adjusted gross income and taxable income and things like that, it can save you know you an extra couple thousand dollars a year in taxes simply because you had the IRA send the money to your to your to your church or your charity or whatever cool. instead of you doing it. You know, so 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 there's all kinds of little things involved in this. These are some of the things that we're going to be teaching in our seminar class when we come out uh, with 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 all of this. It's close. We've we've got uh, we've probably got 60, 70 slides right now. We have too many, uh, basically. So so we're going to be actually building some more uh, in the coming weeks, and then uh, we're going to trim it all down to to make it uh, you know easily to understand. What was kind of neat, interestingly, that you said was the RMD uh, satisfaction. Uh, that's a that's a nice thing in a lot of uh, sort of not really thought about ways because. That's one of the biggest pains for retirees, isn't it? They, if they, they have to do, they have to take that required minimum distribution. Well, yeah, especially when you look at a QDC, Qualified Charitable Deduction scenario here. You know, so many people are, are, are charitably inclined. So many people tithe and give additional gifts and things like that to their church, their mission programs, building funds, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And simply by understanding the, the best way to do that is, I, you know, I'd rather give them, I'd rather have them, do the money out of the their IRAs versus pull the money out, pay the tax, then put it on your tax return to do that. Because you know, here, here's an example. Let's just suppose that 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 somebody has an income of of two hundred thousand dollars, and they have a required minimum distribution of of uh, ten thousand dollars. Okay. Well, well, now their total AGI is two hundred and ten thousand. Versus if they if they did the qualified charitable deduction, they put the the uh, required minimum distribution of ten thousand. They had the IRA send it directly to the charity. Now their income is only two hundred thousand, right? So then you subtract out all the deductions, state tax, charitable, and and all that stuff, and everything nets out for taxable income being one hundred ninety thousand on both sides of a ledger. But here's the deal: the standard deduction is the same as 26.6 now, but at the end of the day, the AGI is subtracted out of the standard deduction, and I'm getting really into the weeds now. I know that, but they end up saving an extra $10,000 in taxes, and if they're in a 24% bracket, simply by having the IRA push the money to the charity, they end up saving themselves $2,400. Uh, at, at the end of the day here. It's it's very interesting and very good. You can do a lot of good with that. So whenever there's tax changes in Congress, there's always opportunity for planning. You listen to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. 
855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, we have a few more minutes for you at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Sure, let's welcome Robert on the line. Good morning, Robert. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Yes, I was told that um, I um, I can do in my 401k that I can put before tax money. And so if I wanted to retire early or cut down my work hours at 59 and a half, I could take that money tax-free. Is that correct? Once you reach 59 and a half and you pull money out of your 401K, it will not come out tax-free, but you're eligible for what's called an in-service rollover if your plan allows. So you, you can't pull it out tax-free unless it is it in the Roth side of the 401K? This is the, the side that um, before taxes. Yeah, so the no. No, so if, you, if you've been putting money in on the before tax side, Robert, and then you go to pull the money out and put it in your pocket, you will pay taxes on that money. 
you can roll it over to another retirement plan. You can roll it over to an IRA. Uh, that's tax-free. But if you put it in your pocket, you will pay taxes on that money. Even though I put it in uh, before taxes at yes. time? Yes, because when you put it in before taxes, you received a current tax deduction that year for the contribution. So when you pull it out, you're going to pay taxes on it. Now, now in, 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 with looking at the new tax rates, I don't know what your income level is, but you could have been putting the money in at a higher tax bracket, say a 28% tax bracket over the years, and now you might pull it out in a 22% tax bracket, lowering the tax, but no, it's fully taxable to you. So what's the use of having one that's before tax and after tax if the, 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 the outcomes are the same? Well, the outcomes are basically not the same. When you put the money in a pre-tax position in a 401k plan or or employer-provided retirement plan, you're basically saying to the government, hey, here's the deal. I want to take a tax deduction today for it, knowing that it's going to grow tax-deferred, and when I pull it out, I'm going to be subject to whatever tax rates are there down the road. So in this case, right now, between now and 2025, People could have been putting money in a pre-tax retirement plan at, say, 28% and are pulling it out at 22. They're going to win. On the other hand, people are willing to say, hey, you know what? I want to go ahead and put my money in post-tax on the Roth side so that now when the money grows, it's tax-deferred, and when I pull it out, it's all tax-free. So it depends on what side of the bet you feel that Congress is going to be at or, or tax rates will be at down the road when you retire. So I, I, I respect and understand that we need tax deductions today, but I also respect and understand we also need some tax-free income down the road, too. You know, and, and think about this, too. If you have money in your retirement plan, then money in your, your – your, when, when money comes out of your retirement plans, if it's on the Roth side, it doesn't hurt your taxable – liability when it goes to your Social Security tax. It doesn't hurt when it goes to your your Medicare tax. You know, a few moments ago, I was also mentioning these qualified uh, charitable contributions as well. You know, by lowering your required minimum distribution to zero by donating it to your charity, that doesn't hurt or or that, that helps in the extra tax against your Medicare premiums. In other words, it could actually lower you down on your Medicare tax. So when you look at the different levels of taxes sort of peeling the skin of the layer of an onion back more and more and more, as you take one tax rule, pile it on top of another tax rule, this strategy and that strategy, you can really develop yourself a very good net income from a taxable standpoint in retirement years and while you're saving the money now. But you you need to sit down and really understand the rules and what your objectives are and your time horizons with it all. So, so would it be better not to uh, invest in the taxable side of my um, 401k and just put it into my Roth IRA? So, Robert, if you feel that you want to put money into the Roth side of your retirement plan at work, then, then that's, that's your tax decision. One of the things that you would need to do is to probably sit down with your tax preparer or financial advisor and discuss that. Do you, have, do you pay taxes each year in April? Do you get a refund? Okay, so if you pay taxes, then that's an argument to put more on the pre-tax side. 
But with the current tax changes right now, it's an argument to say, hey, you know what? I might pay a little bit more taxes in order to get some tax-free stuff down the road. So, And in your case, maybe you do a combination of both. So it really goes into to putting it into a financial plan, if you will, to really see where you are now and what it's going to look like down the road. Most people have, have, have saved up their money in places that's never been taxed before. And as we see more stuff mounting with Social Security, Medicare fees, all this kind of stuff, all that's coming out on the tax return, and it's getting hit. And so all this does is give you planning opportunities uh, with, with it all. So that's what I would suggest. Before I tell you, yes, do one way or the other, I'd really need to sit down and take a good look at the numbers for you and your family, okay? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Robert, I'll put you on hold, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week, and maybe we can further the discussion for you, okay? Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'll stay in studio here. We're coming down the last few minutes of the show, but I'll stay in studio and answer your questions. We've got a lot of callers on the line. Let's welcome Elaine on the line. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How can I help you today? I would like for you to repeat the QDC information where you started at suppose you had two hundred thousand dollars or two hundred ten and you went through the tax process again sure i'll i'll be happy to do that basically let me just sort of i'm I'm trying to cram so much information into this hour right now that i start talking fast and get down into the weeds but basically let me just sort of give you the lay of the land here when you're over 70 and a half and you have re- <clears throat> excuse me you have money in a traditional pre-tax ira you have to make what's called required minimum distributions in other words the government forces you to pull money out to pay tax on it well, you can donate that money. You can have the IRA custodian send a check directly to your charity, your church, mission, whatever it may be, okay, um, without you touching the money, up to $100,000 a year. And that will satisfy your required minimum distribution, okay? And, and then when you look at your income, since the income of the – uh, qualified charitable deduction is is not reported. It can help to lower your Medicare premium bills be, by not adding you up into the next bracket. If if that was the case, uh, same with Social Security too. But but Social Security's threshold is very very low. Then when you come down onto the tax form, you've got your deductions and and charities and things like that. Basically, you could end up saving in a, if you're in a 24% tax bracket, which under 2018, married finally jointly, gives you income of 165 to 315. Or if you're in married finally jointly at 22%, it's uh, 77 to 165. Basically, what that does for you here, Elaine, is it's going to give you an extra two, 2200 to let's say $2,400 in extra tax savings simply by having the IRA custodian send the money directly to your church. Um, so if you like, I'll stay online here. I've got uh, music in my ears. The show's going to be ending here in a, in a matter of a few seconds. Uh, but before we do this, you know, I, I uh, if we, uh, some of the things I didn't get to today, unfortunately, was talking about, talking a lot about taxes. And the Lord says a lot about taxes and, and uh, in, in the Bible. 
And remember to render unto Caesar what's his and unto the Lord what is the Lord's too. Uh, so listen, I'll stay in I'll stay in studio here. Lane, I'm going to put you on hold. I'll pick you up in just a second. If anybody wants to give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful weekend and try and stay dry a little this weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.